0: Let me encourage you, if you are worshiping at home uh, in the future, make your plans to be with us. It's one thing to sing on your couch, it's another thing to be surrounded by a hundred believers singing, My Chains Are Gone, I've Been Set Free. And uh, God's plan for His church is that they would gather together. And so if it's temporary that you're at home, uh, let me encourage you to make plans to be with us. Uh, there's nothing like uh, what happens here at church uh, during our week. And God knows that in our, um, in our habits, in our pattern of, of life, that he tells us not to forsake assembling of ourselves together, that we need this. We need to gather as his people. So much happens here uh, as we gather. And so uh, let me encourage you to, uh, to join us. You saw in 1 Corinthians, uh, the last verse of verse 31, 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 31, As it is written, so as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. That's a quote from Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, and I had us do the scripture reading here because uh, Paul begins his letters to the Corinthians with uh, this thought. And now let's go to 2 Corinthians, as you see here on the screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And that's where we'll be uh, this morning. There have been studies done on playgrounds that did not have fences, and children don't feel safe, especially if the playground is near a busy road. Children huddled near the building, um, unsure of the uh, zooming cars past, uh, if they were really safe. But when you put up a fence uh, that is around the playground... The children feel very comfortable, even though the fence may just be a few feet from a busy road, to go right up to the fence to grab a ball uh, or uh, to play right near a fence, because there's something about us that without limits, we don't feel free. Now, you may feel like a friend of mine in college who came back from a weekend and said, ah, my truck has a governor on it, and I can't go above 97 miles an hour in his little pickup truck. And I thought to myself, and I, I may have said this to him, why do you need to go more than 97? Okay, this isn't out west where there's no speed limits and uh, there's wide open road. This is in the southeast where, <laughs> and he was going, I, he may have been going home and coming back, uh, but on the east coast, uh, we all have speed limits and they're well below 90, 97. If I was in a truck with him, uh, and he wanted to go 97, I would say, uh, uh, pull off. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not riding with you in this truck going 97. Because I wouldn't feel safe. There's a reason that we have speed limits. And speed limits aren't uh, hindering your freedom. They're actually keeping you safe. Your parents gave all of us, if you, your parents loved you as a kid, teenagers, they gave you limits. And those limits show their love for you. It's not a bad thing to have limits. And why do we need limits? Because we know we're finite. The older we get, we realize we are finite. If uh, someone wants to play pickup basketball now, I used to play basketball a lot. Now I play differently. (laughs) Because this body has limits. That's a good thing. And uh, when you get my age, if you play and you don't get hurt, it's like you win. That's the goal. When you play at our age and you don't get hurt, it's a win. It doesn't matter the score. That does not, has nothing to do with it. It's only the, if you don't get hurt, that's great. And if you're younger, you're like, how do you think that way? Well, you have to learn to think that way because you have Limits. Our flesh in ministry, as Paul has started chapter 10, with he's not trusting the flesh, not trusting the flesh. He knows that. So the limit that Paul has in the first part of chapter 10 is the limit of, I'm just going to trust in God's power. My flesh is limited. I know I'm weak. I can't trust the flesh because the divine power is mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Now he's going to go into um, verses 7 to 18, more limits, for ministry. And so, why limit ministry? Well, as we saw this morning in Mark's gospel, Jesus had limits. What was his limit? He got tired, and he slept. He got hungry, and he had to eat. He was limited by space and time and energy. He could not be everywhere at once. He could not heal every single sickness on the face of the earth when he was here. He couldn't do it because he was limited. And Paul, as he is defending his ministry here in chapter 10, 11, 12, he's going to use the word boast, and he's going to use the word limit in our passage. And the word boast that you'll see is mentioned 36 times in the New Testament, and 17 of the 36 are in these three chapters, 10, 11, and 12. So boasting or glorying, most of the time it is uh, to boast or to glory, to put your confidence in something. You might know the verse, uh, we are uh, only to boast in the cross of Christ. Uh, Galatians 6 says that, Galatians written before Corinthians. So only boasting in the cross. And when it comes to ministry, we have to limit ourselves because we have to know that we're finite, but we're not trusting our flesh, we're trusting divine power. Look at verse 7. Look at what is before your eyes, or another translation may say something along the lines of, you are only looking at outer appearance. If anyone is confident in that he is Christ, let him remind himself that just as he is Christ, so also are we. For even if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be ashamed. I do not want to appear to be frightening you with my letters. For they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account. Let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another, and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. I'm going to answer this question, why limit ministry? Because I believe that is the, uh, an accurate way of interpreting and seeing this passage of Scripture uh, laid out. This is not a, the most common passage of Scripture in Second Corinthians by far. A lot of these verses you may have uh, not uh, read. You haven't understood them when you did read them. And so hopefully we can help, uh, help you understand uh, what this passage is about and then how to apply it. As we serve Jesus, we need to know what limits we have in ministry. We all have limits. We are finite. And uh, ministering on this planet, uh, we cannot meet everyone's needs. And we want to, at times, be the uh, source of everyone's, uh, meet everyone's needs, but we just can't do it. And so Paul is going to defend his ministry while understanding the limits that he has um, on him. So I'm going to give you 11 because statements. The two uh, main points are on the screen, but I don't have the other because statements. So if you listen for the because statements, those are what uh, is the outline today. And every verse, except for verses 15 and 16 are together, every verse is going to have a because statement. So why limit ministry because, and then he's going to answer this question, I believe, in verses 7 to 12. Why limit comparing myself to other ministers? If you go to the gym at the first part of the year, you look around and there are other people there. You watch other people on a treadmill and think, I could never go that fast. You watch people on the stair thing And you're like, I could never do that many stairs. You watch someone underneath a massive amount of weight on a bench press, and you're like, if that was me, I wouldn't be able to breathe. That thing would be on my chest so fast, and I would have two people (laughs) to try to help me get it off. We all compare ourselves with one another. When you come to church, you look at other people's children. If you have children, you say, man, I wish I could parent like that. You may look at cars when you go out to the parking lot and say, I wish I could drive that. You look at other people's maybe teaching or preaching, and you say, man, I wish I could teach or preach God's word like like that. I gather with pastors occasionally. We'll have a book club in Massachusetts. I'm part of a book club in New Hampshire. I gather uh, sometimes nationally with pastors. And I have told you before in in ministry that we compare notes. How many people are in your church? And if his church is smaller than my church, I feel good about myself. Like, yeah, I got more people here than he has there. But if he has 500 people, and I'm like, oh, I only have this many people in our church. I feel like I'm less of a man, less of a pastor than someone who has more people. Or ministries, or uh, money in the bank, or building size, or debt, or lack of debt. We all compare ourselves with other people. Or as a minister, I look at books that are written and say, man, I wish I could write like this. This is so good, man. This is so powerful, the way this guy or this lady writes. Or I listen to podcasts, or or read blogs, or... I watch YouTube videos like you do, and I think, man, there are people that are really gifted much better than me. I wish they could pastor my church and I could sit under their ministry. We all compare ourselves with each other, but we have to limit this. And we're going to have here uh, each verse a because statement. Why should I limit comparing myself with other ministers? If you're a parent, why you should limit comparing yourself with other parents? If you're a teacher, why you should limit yourself with other comparing yourself with other teachers? If you whatever trade you are, limit comparing yourself with other people. If you're a Sunday school teacher, limit yourself and don't compare yourself with other teachers. And the list goes on and on. Every time we try to minister God's word to people, there are other people doing something similar that we are tempted to compare. And Paul's going to uh, help the Corinthians not to do this. Okay, verse 7. Look at what is before your eyes. Or you're looking at what you can see. If anyone is confident that he is Christ, let him remind himself that just as he is Christ, so also are we. So if I compare myself with someone else and I feel bad or they want me to feel bad and maybe I feel not confident, I need to think this way. So whether I'm too proud or arrogant or I feel uh, discouraged and despairing, both, both ideas here would be uh, the solution is verse 7. What are we focusing on that will limit comparing myself with other people in ministry? Well, everyone in ministry, that just as someone is in Christ, so are we. There is no special position in Christ. All Christians are in Christ. You may be sitting there and saying, man, I wish I could preach like that. Don't think that way. Think this way. The reason that Pastor Fry is secure is because he's in Christ. And the reason I can be secure is I'm in Christ too. We're all the same. We are all the same. It doesn't matter how many people sit in front of different ministers at different times. How many books and authors and what the world says is success, it does not matter. What matters is we just need to focus on our position in Christ, and when we do, I, I won't compare myself with other people that much, because I'm just focused on, I'm just glad I'm in Christ, and I'm glad the person ministering to me, or I'm watching or reading their stuff, I'm glad they're in Christ, too, and what connects them to Christ, <laughs> the thing that connects me to Christ, it's the cross of Christ, and we'll celebrate that here at the end of our service with communion. We all have this in common, we're all connected to Christ if we have repented of our sin and trusted Him alone. We just focus on our position in Christ. Parents, just do this. Don't, there's no super Christian parents. Those who present as super Christian parents in church or in public, go to those people's homes and you'll realize very, very quickly in five minutes, oh, wait, you have dirty dishes in the sink too? Yes! You have cobwebs in the corner? Uh, underneath every appliance yes there aren't super christians we all are in this together we're all finite we're all weak and we just want to focus on our position in christ verse eight for even if i boast a little too much of our authority which the lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you i will not be ashamed Paul is boasting, and he's going to tell us how he's going to boast later. But he's saying, I am not really uh, boasting on uh, my position, but actually in what the Lord gave me. What did the Lord give Paul? He gave him authority as an apostle. Why did God, the Lord, give Paul the authority in verse 8? For what? Building you up and not for destroying you. The same word destroying there, we have already seen twice in verses uh, five, 4 and 5. Destroying strongholds, destroying arguments. Same word. So, walk into a room of Legos, and you are welcome in a certain room in our house if you are about building Legos. If you are about tearing Legos down, you are not welcome in a certain room in our house. It's all in your mindset. I'm coming here to make something? Fine. I'm coming here to wrecking ball? No, not fine. So, what is Paul saying here? He has authority given from the Lord, but he has this authority that's focused on building people up and not destroying them. So, ministers, so why should we limit comparing ourselves? Because ministers just focus on their service under the lord when he says lord here to the corinthians that's a master who has slaves you'll see lord 700 over 700 times in the new testament he is the lord jesus christ he is our master we're his slaves and what are these slaves to do paul understands his role i'm just here to build people up build people up i don't want to destroy you you may misinterpret there be people who say that paul here is destructive with his letters, with how harsh he is, and Paul says, "No, no, that is not it. Okay, I'm just focused on my service under the Lord. We have a ministry similar to Paul, as uh, Ephesians 4:29 says, that we aren't allowed to allow any corrupt communication to come out of our mouth, but only to that which is good, to the use of edifying." building people up so that we can minister grace to those who hear us this is how we learn christ this is how we exercise how we live out christ in in ministry in our homes in our church in our workplace in our extended family we just focus on our service under the lord so if you're focused on your position in christ your service under the lord just with these two verses you're, li- you're limiting comparing yourself to others. What other people are doing isn't your focus anymore. Your focus is on what God has given me to do. My position in Christ is secure. And it's the same as other people who are in Christ too. Verse 9. I do not want to appear to be frightening you with my letters. I don't want to appear to be frightening you with my letters. Pretty simple here. Why should I limit comparing myself with other ministers? Because ministers just focus on imitating Christ's ways. Paul is about frightening the lost, and God is about frightening fearful for the lost for the most part. But Paul doesn't want to frighten and only terrify the readers of his letter or the Christians in the Corinthian church. I don't want to appear to do this. This isn't my goal to terrify you, and you, every time I get a letter, they're like, oh no, here's another letter from this guy. (laughs) He writes scary stuff. No, okay, so he's not going to, he's going to just focus on imitating Christ's ways. Verse 10, For they say, that's those who reject Paul's ministry or challenge his ministry, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account. You looked at Paul. He wasn't what we would say built like a football player. He wouldn't have been six foot four and three hundred pounds, and always in the gym. He wasn't that guy that we compare ourselves. Like, man, I never get that big. No, he would be probably a slight, a slight man. Um, nothing impressive about his appearance. They maybe have given him a stool to stand on. <laughs> As he comes and stands behind a podium or whatever. So, he wasn't impressive physically. And look, it says here, his speech of no account. He didn't give zingers. He, didn't, he wouldn't be a comedian or any uh, competition for comedians. No, he wasn't eloquent in speech. He couldn't hold a crowd. We know Eutychus fell asleep, as Paul is teaching uh, in the book of Acts, and uh, falls out of a window. Um, But if you listen to Paul carefully, you know what you'd find? Truth. This guy knew God, and he would help us know God and obey God with our lives. So what is, why should we limit comparing ourselves with others? Because we just need to focus on preaching God's truth. You can't change your bodily presence if someone thinks that you're weak. You can't change your speech often if people say, you're not an eloquent speaker, you may speak a certain way that puts people, uh, that makes people, you could, you can try to, uh, to get better. And I try to get better uh, to keep your attention. But I'm more focused on just preaching God's truth. So when I'm just focused on preaching God's truth, I'm not concerned what other people are doing. If they're preaching God's truth, that's great. But I'm focused on Me, Because I have enough to worry about with just me here. Verse 11, let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. So what you're seeing in a letter, those who uh, contradict Paul and confront Paul and don't want to follow his letters... They think that he when he's in person he's going to be weak and he's going to be a pushover. He's all bark and no bite, we may say today. And Paul says, "Oh no. No, whenever whatever we say in the leather when absent, like when you have someone who's living with his stepmom in gross immorality, you should kick him out of the church. And if there's any more people like that when I come, I'm going to help you kick them out of the church and do something bold." So he says, we are going to practice what we preach. When I limit myself, comparing myself with other people, I'm just focused on practicing what I preach. That's what he says here in verse 11. What we say in letters, what we say in person, we're going to do. We're going to practice what we preach, practice what we write. Verse 12, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commanding or commending themselves and we're going to see later that they're not don't commend yourself but they when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another they are without understanding all right though that's a longer verse but I think it's pretty simple what he's trying to say here why should I limit comparing myself to other ministers because comparing myself to others is foolish Is that simple enough? You get it? Comparing yourself with other people is foolish. Now you don't want to live and be known for living a lot of your life without understanding. So Paul's going to say in the middle of this comparing yourself with others and limiting your ministry is if you are in the habit of comparing yourself with others and say well I'm better than this and that and that person, and this person, and I can do better in ministry comparing myself with this, and I, as a parent, I discipline my kids better than so-and-so, and so-and-so, and And I teach my children how to handle money or whatever else that you really, really want to do with your kids, and they're, they're hard workers, and okay, don't get in the habit of comparing yourself with others, your ministry techniques, because if you do, you are without understanding. See, we don't have time in life because of our our finiteness. We don't have time to do what God wants us to do well while looking at everyone else and what they're supposed to be doing and making sure everyone else is doing everything right too. You can't you don't have time to compare yourself with others. So, to run down this list again, why should I limit comparing myself with other ministers, with other Christians who are trying to serve the Lord in their home, in their church? their workplace, and their community. Verse 7, because ministers just focus on their position in Christ. Verse 8, because ministers just focus on their service under the Lord. Verse 9, because ministers just focus on imitating Christ's ways. Verse 10, because ministers just focus on preaching God's truth. Verse 11, because ministers just focus on practicing what they preach. And verse 12, because comparing is foolish. That's the first half, okay? Limit comparing yourself with others. If you need those reasons again, I'll, uh, I can email them to you easily. Let's look at verses 13 to 18 then. Another limit in ministry is limiting boasting. Boasting in the Lord only. Verse 13, but we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to... The area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you, for we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged, so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends, and by implication, the Lord approves. So why do we limit my boasting in the Lord only? So here we have the first part of the message is, don't look around you what other people are doing. Focus on what you're doing and what God wants you to do. And now, when you are doing what God wants you to do, this is how he wants you to think about what you're doing for the Lord. If it's for the Lord. Why do you want well-behaved children? So you look good? Or so that God looks good? Oh, that's hard. We always have to adjust why we do what we do our motives because God's going to evaluate one day our motives and it's not about doing just the right thing but doing it for the wrong reason could let you hear you wicked slothful servant you did this just for yourself you didn't do it for me so when Paul says in Galatians I'm only going to boast in the cross his audience will be like what why boast in an execution tool? Because the cross is where we, how we stay near to the Lord and how we evaluate our motives. And here, what limits our boasting to the Lord only, and we'll see at the end of our service, is the cross. We go back to the cross, we get reevaluate our motives and say, God, I'm serving you for the wrong reason. I'm comparing myself with other people. I know I shouldn't have been doing that. And I'm boasting in other things and what I've accomplished with my energy and my know-how and my money. And n- no. No. We need to limit our boasting in the Lord only. And we have five, five reasons here from these verses. Verse 13. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence that God assigned to us to reach even To you. Why should I limit boasting to the Lord only? Because He alone determines to whom He wants us to minister. God wanted Paul and Silas in the second missionary journey to go to Corinth and to reach some people there with the gospel and to help those people for a year and a half, but then Paul leaves. And those people are, are helping others and others like Apollos and others are going back to and ministering uh, to the Corinthians. Um, and Paul says, you know what? I am not going to boast beyond limits. I'm just going to boast only with regard to the area of influence that God assigned to me. So where is your area of influence is the question. Who's around you? We can't boast I can't boast of for you having a godly home because that's not my area of influence. I can teach you about God's word here and you can take what you learn here to your home, but you have to practice what you preach as a parent if you're going to have a godly home. But I can't boast that all of our church has godly homes and look at me and how good I am as a pastor because I have taught you really well. No. Now, my home, if it's godly... Hey, that's on me. That's my area of influence. My wife, submissive area of influence. but I cannot go to all of your relationships and say, "You guys are all my area of influence. I'm limited in how much I can influence you. You have to influence those in your area who God has put around you. If you get to lead someone to the Christ or talk to someone about the Lord, and we come Wednesday night and we rejoice with you. I'll rejoice with you, but I'm not witnessing to all of your neighbors and all of your coworkers. No, I'm going to tell you how to do it, and you go do it. I'm going to limit boasting to the Lord only. God design, assigns to us. You have an assignment from God. God has assigned people, and we know from uh, Ephesians, too, that He has put us in this body. He's broken down the wall. He's made us unified here. You were born at a certain time. You're a certain age right now because God wanted you to be a certain age right now in time. And when you look around, there are people that are older and younger than you for the most part. And those people are your area of influence when they come to church. If you have their cell number and you can text them and encourage them in the Lord, do that. But we can't I can't get 30,000 cell phone numbers of everybody in Drake it and try to minister to everyone because I can't do it. Nor am I responsible for how all of your kids turn out or what you teach them in your home, but I'm responsible for my children. And I'm only going to boast, if my children turn out well, I'm not going to say, well, it's because I was a great parent. Nope, nope, nope. We're going to see that. You can't, you can't boast in yourself. Okay? We're only boasting in the Lord. If any of our children turn out by the grace of God, it's because of the grace of God. It's not because of us. Maybe God wants to use us, but limit your boasting to the area of influence that God assigned to you. Mothers of little children, you might get discouraged with children where you're doing the same thing day after day after day. You're picking up messes. You're saying the same things to your kids the same way day after day after day. And you're cooking. And then you're cleaning up after cooking. And then you're picking up the mess that you already picked up three hours ago. And you, ugh, so little me time. And you can get discouraged with this okay if you have young children in the home mothers this is your area of influence that God has assigned to you and you can boast in the Lord only rely on the Lord and point your children's faces to the Lord and tell them the best life the most safe life is to put limits around your disobedience and point your children to the Lord Verse 14, for we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. So Paul says, I'm not looking beyond you, like I'm just looking past you. No, we did come all the way to you. We were the first ones to come to you with the gospel of Christ. If your area of influence is, You are responsible to share the gospel of Christ, mothers, with your children. You with your unsaved, immediate neighbors, those who will talk to you, those who you can befriend. That's your area of influence. That's your responsibility. That's where God has assigned you to those people to minister to them. So, why am I limiting thy boasting in the Lord in this this way, verse 14, because he alone... God alone, the Lord alone, is the center of our outreach with His message, which is Himself. We're telling people about Christ. You see there, the gospel of Christ. A biblical Christ. A Christ that came and told people to obey the law perfectly, and if they couldn't, they'd never see the kingdom of heaven. And they're saying, who then can be saved, right? With man, this is impossible. But With God, you need Christ. You have to be perfect. And Christ says, unless you're perfect, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. The gospel of which Christ is the center. Why do we limit our boasting to the Lord only? Because he is our message. We're just telling people about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not our message. We're just a channel. So we limit our boasting. Verse 15 we do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others. We're not comparing ourselves with labors of others, and now we're not boasting beyond limit in the labor of others, because but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. What's Paul saying here? He's trusting God's strategy. What is God's strategy for building the church? Well, we are all to make disciples of every nation and baptize them and then teach them to observe everything that Christ says. He wants those who do follow Christ to, to gather as God's people, and every Lord's Day we are worshiping before the throne. And he wants us to challenge each other and provoke one another to love and good works. So Paul is saying, I reached you with the gospel of Christ, and I, our hope is that as your faith increases in the gospel, that it is the power of God, that you're going to reach other people in your areas of influence. So Paul's saying, I'm limiting my boasting to what God has given me to do, but I'm encouraged that you're part of what God has given me to do. And as the gospel spreads through you, that our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. If Paul leads three people to the Lord, and those three people lead three people to the Lord, and those three people lead three people to the Lord, Paul has had, in in a way, a way of reaching, eventually, 30 people by reaching three. That's the plan. That's God's plan, is multiplication, not merely addition. Bring everybody to Paul. Let, Let Paul Give the gospel. You know what? Paul's not alive today. He's not on the earth. If you want Paul to come witness to your neighbor, that's not going to happen. But your area of influence, what God wants you to do as a minister, don't focus on what other people are doing. Focus on what God wants you to do. And when we limit, stop comparing yourself to others and just boast in the Lord. You may meet a neighbor and say, you know what? I'm going to tell my neighbor how great God has been to me. And you're not going after them with the gospel the first time, but you're just telling them how grateful you are to be a child of God. And that God's family is open to them as well. So Paul says, I'm, I'm not going to boast about someone else's ministry, but I am, I'm hopeful that if I minister to you, and you'll be able to minister to others, that your faith increases and other people's faith is increasing, and the gospel is spreading. And if the gospel spreads in Corinth without Paul there, verse 16, then he is able to preach in the gospel in lands beyond them without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. So he's looking for places where there's no gospel influence. And this is how pioneer missionaries operate. They are looking for unreached people groups, we say today, and say, Lord, send me to this place or this place so that these people have very, very limited or no access to the gospel. And so once churches is established here in Corinth, Paul is now free to go uh, out where there is not um, a gospel influence. This is God's strategy. So once the church is established, then the gospel spreads through those who are being discipled, and the disciple makers are constantly reaching out outside of another's area of influence. And why... Why do we limit boasting to the Lord only? And uh, verse 17. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And that's a quote that was referred to in 1 Corinthians 1.31, but it's a quote from Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. So why do I limit boasting to the Lord only? Because this is what Scripture teaches. Hopefully that's simple. Like <laughs> Paul says, okay, first letter, this is why I'm only going to boast in the Lord. First chapter of the first letter, now near the end of the second letter, he he reminds his audience in Corinth, we're limiting, boasting to the Lord, because this is what Scripture teaches. And then verse 18, For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. If the world says you are awesome, and God says you wicked, slothful slave, you'll forget awesome really fast. And you'll hang your head in shame before the throne of the one whose opinion is the only one that matters. And as a Christian, his opinion is the only one that matters. So why do we limit comparing myself to others? Because it's distracting from what God wants us to do. Why do I limit boasting to the Lord only? Because it's only his opinion that matters. He's the only message. His plan is the best plan. And when I stand before him, I don't care what you think of me. I only care what he thinks of me. And when we minister that way, that's freedom. That's how God wants us to live. And if you are challenged with your ministry and others underneath your ministry are going to challenge you, Go back to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 and follow this this logic and ask yourselves these questions and say, maybe I'm not. Maybe I am comparing myself to other people. Maybe I am uh, focused on somebody else's area of influence. I need to just uh, get my nose out of other people's business and just focus on what God wants me to do. And ultimately, it's only because the Lord's evaluation is the only one that matters. So today, we'll close with asking for wisdom, and we'll prepare our hearts for communion. How does not comparing your ministry to others free you? It's going to take you some time to think about this this week. How does not comparing your ministry—so what would your mind be like if you just eliminated comparing yourself with other people? You're like, well, I wouldn't have any. I'd have so much more. Free mental time you're right you would don't worry about what other people are doing worry about yourself you have enough you have enough ministry there are so many people that need christ and so many conversations that we can have that uh, we don't have time to compare ourselves with others it will free you to to minister and then number two what motivates you to boast only in the Lord. There are some motivating things here in verses 13 to 18. Look back at those and say, man, this really motivates me to just single focus, only boasting in the Lord.